Now turn with me tonight to the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John. And we're going to read from chapter 1. There's a little phrase that I want to leave with you tonight. John chapter 1, and we'll just take the time to read from verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. And the life was the light of man. And the light shineth in darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world and the world was made by him the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them give he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe in his name, which were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I speak. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me, and of his fullness have all we received. And grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son which is in the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. Amen. We know that God will stamp with his own approval and blessing. This reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now my text tonight is taken from John chapter 1 and the verse 14 and I want to highlight one particular phrase in the 14th verse and the phrase is full of grace and truth. The text says and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father Full of grace and truth. Now you know the text. John 1.14. You know the theme for tonight now. Full of grace 
and truth. I've no doubt you're familiar with the lovely Christian hymn that we've just sung, uh, Amazing Grace. It was penned, of course, by the Reverend John Newton. And if you look at your hymn book, uh, 323, you'll see the name John Newton at the end of verse 7. And it tells us the date in which he was born and the date in which he was taken home to glory. This hymn, Amazing Grace, was penned by the Reverend Newton out of his own personal experience. Reverend Newton grew up without any particular religious conviction or background. His early life was spent involuntarily forced into the service of the Royal Navy. After leaving that service, he became involved in the Atlantic slave trade. In 1748, a violent storm battered his vessel off the coast of County Donegal in Ireland. He he fell on his knees on the deck of the ship and he called on God for mercy and asked Christ to save him. And that was the dramatic moment in his life which led to his wonderful conversion. Now, while his boat was being repaired in Loch Swilly, he wrote the first verse of this famous famous hymn, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound, that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. In 1764, he then was ordained to the Church of England ministry and became a curate of uh, Olney, Uh, parish in Buckinghamshire, uh, where he began to write other hymns with the poet um, William Cooper. The full hymn was written to illustrate a sermon on New Year's Day in 1773, and it was later published in 1779 in Newton's and Cooper's Olney Hymns. In the United States of America, the hymn was used extensively in what we call the Second Great Awakening in around the 1850s and 60s with the message that redemption, forgiveness of sins are possible regardless of an individual's past sinful lifestyle and that the soul can be delivered from the penalty of sin and the depths of despair through the amazing grace of God. And amazing grace is one of the most recognisable hymns that are sung throughout the English-speaking world. And without a doubt, if we were to ask an audience of not only godly people, but even the, the godless, one of the most famous hymns throughout the world, one that's well known, they would probably mention Amazing Grace. I think it was around the time of 1972 that it topped the United Kingdom pop charts. I think it was Top of the Pops, a a program that's known for its secular music, most of it uh, all garbage, all from the devil himself. But here's sacred music topping the charts. What had happened? A, A Scottish pipe band played the tune Amazing Grace, on an instrumental version on their bagpipes and for six or seven weeks it topped the UK charts and also in the Australian pop charts as well at that time. 
Here's the Apostle John. And he's introducing us to this person called the Word. And he's already told us some truths about the Word. The Word is co-equal with God. The Word is co-eternal with God. The Word is an individual person in the deity. And he tells us the Word was made flesh. In other words, the Word became incarnate and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the Father. Full of grace and truth. What's he teaching us here? That Jesus Christ is full of grace and truth. He always was. He still is. And he always will be. And that's our theme for tonight. Full of grace and truth. Now I want you to think of three things. The meaning of grace. When it says full of grace, what does that mean? Uh, We are conscious that grace, of course, can be a prayer that's said before dinner. Sometimes daddy will say, will say grace. Or mummy will say, don't eat yet. Uh, Daddy's going to say grace. And that's important that in the household, around the table, we thank God for our food because he's the supplier and the giver of all that we have to sustain us materially and physically. Grace is not just a prayer before the meal. Somebody has did an acrostic in grace, taking the letters and interpreted it as God's riches at Christ's expense. And that's good. But I want to tell you it's not enough. Because grace is a mode or a manifestation of the goodness of God that deals with the guilt of the sinner's condition. Let me explain. I put it this way. I've said it often. Grace is undeserved Unmerited favor to lawbreakers and sinners who deserve wrath. And it's important tonight that you grasp the meaning of the word grace. So when it says he's full of grace, it means he's full of undeserved, unmerited favor to those who are lawbreakers who deserve wrath and punishment. Now the word grace is used 159 times in the Bible. The first time it's used is Genesis 6 and verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. That is, God showed to Noah undeserved and unmerited favor even though he was a sinner who deserved the wrath of God and in the last book of the Bible in the book of Revelation in chapter 22 verse 21 it says the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all the undeserved unmerited favor Of God to sinners who deserve wrath. Last week, Mr. Sammy Wade and I 
we were at the synagogue here in Belfast. We were meeting with some people from the Jewish community and we're also meeting with a man who was a, 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 an Arab Jew or an Arab Israeli called Ishmael. And those people greeted us, some I know by way of email, and they greeted us with the words Shalom. And that's, of course, a Hebrew word. Some people have that on the, their houses. And the word Shalom means peace. It's a form of a greeting. It's a very full some meaning of the word. Peace, of course, is one of the great benefits of redemption. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The true Christian can know the peace of God. All is well with the soul, despite the circumstances, despite the situation. But do you know, before you can have peace, you stand in need of grace. One of those references, out of the 159 times it's used in the Bible, is 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3. And it says, grace unto you and peace. You see, the Apostle Paul got the order right. It was grace first. But before you can have peace with God and know the peace of God as you live out your life, you stand in need of grace. Undeserved, unmerited favour, even though you're a sinner who deserves wrath. Now let me ask you tonight, have you experienced the grace of God? Has God bestowed undeserved, unmerited favour upon you, even though you're a sinner and a lawbreaker, positively deserving of his wrath? You see, tonight you need God to be gracious to you. And God is a gracious God. And God's grace is found in the person and work of Christ. Most of those 159 references are found in the book of Romans. Do you know the word grace is mentioned 20 times in Romans? It's mentioned 12 times in Ephesians. And that, that gets me excited when I think of the meaning. Being justified, Paul says, freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The Bible speaks of saving grace. For by grace he is saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast. It's the sovereign operation of God's goodness. Within his chosen people. Whereby he savingly applies to them the work of redemption. Accomplished for them by Christ. Now that's the meaning. Of grace. And when the Bible says full of grace, that's what it means. Notice, secondly, the message of grace. Because the apostle here is, uh, John is teaching us something about Jesus Christ. As God in the flesh, who now dwells among men in a real, tangible human body. He's full of grace and truth. <clears throat> Is he not full of grace in his words? I, I love that lovely statement that said of Christ, 
Never man speak like this man. You see, he had got wonderful sayings. He had wonderful sermons. Sermon on the Mount, for example. Think of his parables. One of the most memorable, you know, I believe, is the parable of the prodigal son. Remember the man? He could have been a farmer. He had two sons. Sadly, he had an evil son who left home with a fortune. That was his inheritance. He spent his life in riotous living. When the famine came, he ended up looking after pigs. Very demeaning job for a Jew. He was so hungry, he wanted to eat what the pigs were eating. And he came home penniless. And remember how he was received. The father saw him from a distance. The father run and fell on his neck and kissed him. And said, um, uh, bring a robe and put it around his shoulders. Put, put a ring on his finger. Put, put shoes on his feet. This my son which is dead is alive again. This my son which is lost is found. Kill the fatted cow. Let's have a celebration. Let's have a party. Remember the story? The elder son. What happened? He didn't like how his father treated his evil brother. He didn't like all this fuss and commotion. He wasn't one bit pleased. You see, the elder brother didn't like the operation of the grace of God. He didn't like the application of grace to this young man. He didn't appreciate it. The elder brother sadly was taken up with himself. He said, Dad, you never threw a party for me. I've never had a celebration. I've worked all these years. I've done this and I've done that. And how is it when he comes home having spent it all and right his living, you accept him? He doesn't deserve it. I can just see the dad saying to him, son, you're right. He doesn't deserve it. And even though you don't appreciate it or like it or understand it, that's how God treats us. Even when we don't deserve it, it's on that basis he comes into our lives. You know, this world is full of religious people tonight, isn't it? I've been listening to the news about what's happening in Nepal, thinking about other calamities that have taken place in India, thinking about the Hindu religion. Do you know that there's people tonight and they put hooks in their back and they hang from trees? You say, well, why did they do that? That's a strange thing. The answer is to appease the deity. They, they do penance. They participate in pilgrimage. They make sacrifice. They suffer in their body. And they're, 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 they're religious. And they say prayers. And they do all this activity and work in order to earn the right to be favoured by the gods of the Hindus. Think of the, the Philippines. Only at Easter time there, some of them were willing to crucify themselves. Kneeled to crosses. And they bear the pain of that. All with the aim and goal of trying to please God 
and earn his favour. Think of Ireland, Crookpatrick. Last year there were something like 26,000 old men, old women, young men, young women and children, many of them in bare feet, trying to climb up Crookpatrick. Why? The mindset is to earn the right that God will favour them, that God will be pleased. And we've got to go and tell them in a very gracious way. But the work has already been done. And there's nothing for you to do. You can be saved without works. Now you're saved unto good works. That's a different thing. That's the fruit of salvation. But the foundation... It's already been laid. Jesus said it is finished when he offered himself a once and for all sacrifice on the tree. He's full of grace in his words. But you know he's full of grace in his ways. How did the Lord Jesus treat people? We were thinking about that this morning. Think of Mary Magdalene. She was from a little village called uh, Medella. And uh, whenever we were out in Israel last year, we we, we uh, believed that we were in the place called Medella, uh, where Mary Magdalene came from. She was a woman possessed of seven devils. A woman that you would sort of not like to meet, not only in the daytime, but certainly not at the dark night. A down-and-out individual. So some say she was, she was a, a, a prostitute. We don't really know that, but we know this, she was a lost soul. And how did the Lord Jesus treat her? In a very gracious way. Think of the demon-possessed man, the man from Gardea. Uh, The Lord Jesus crossed the uh, Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Tiberias. And um, whenever he crossed over, there was a man that came to meet him. Uh, And... um, That man was naked. That man had been chained. That man had cut himself. Self-harm's not a new thing. The man stood in need of grace. And what did the Lord Jesus do? He reached out to him in grace. Could we ask tonight, what's drawing you? You attend the house of God. We appreciate that. You come to hear the words of God. Do you feel a pull and a tug in your soul? Something that's drawing you to think of Christ, to to turn your eyes on Jesus as we were uh, singing about. That's the working of God and grace. That, That magnetism that you feel toward Christ, that's evidence of the grace of God. That's the way the Lord Jesus works. Think of the woman taken in adultery in John 8. Religious men. Men who weren't saved, men who had never tasted the grace of God, but they were religious, they were devout, they were sincere. What did they want to do with the woman taking an adultery? Lord, we want her stoned. What did the Lord Jesus say? Some of the most remarkable words in all of the Bible. Let him that is without sin cast the first stone. You see, in John chapter 3 and verse um. 17 we read for God did not for God sent not a son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved the son of man came on a mission of mercy 
He came to seek and save that which was lost. He didn't come to destroy men's lives, but he came to save them. And how was he going to save them? He was going to treat them on the same basis, on the basis of grace, undeserved, unmerited favor to sinners who deserved wrath. And that's the message of the Bible. In his words, in his ways, in the works that he did, he did because he was full of grace. Notice one final thing. I want you to think of the measure of grace. Think of the words full. I've been trying to ponder this in my head. Full of grace. Think of the person of Christ. Who is he? He's the God man. John tells us, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. This one who was co-equal and co-eternal, who coexisted with the Father. This one was, was, was incarnated in the fullness of time. The Bible says, and great is the mystery of godliness, God was manifest in the flesh. And young people, I want you to have emphasized this time and time again. Understand this, grasp this. Jesus was not just a good man, not just a great man. Not just a gracious man in his speech and how he treated people. But he was the God man. He was God in the flesh. 100% God and yet at the same time 100% truly man. Think of the person of Christ. God in the flesh and yet he's full of grace. A notion of it. A, 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 an inexhaustible supply, a, an immeasurable supply. Think of the passion of Christ. Because this one who was full of grace, where did he go to? Did he not go to Mount Calvary? You think of him there as the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. And think of his bleeding wounds tonight in yonder tree. You see, the grace of Christ is connected to his cross. It's the grace of Christ's cross. And, and grace can't be isolated from the cross work of Christ. It cannot be separated or set aside. You see, God is gracious toward us, yes. God displays undeserved, unmerited favor to sinners who deserve to be punished. But on what basis? It's on the merits of Christ. The hymn writer said, wounded for me, wounded for me. There in the cross, he was wounded for me. Gone my transgressions and I am free. All because Jesus was wounded for me. And it's based on who he is, his person. It's based on his passion. He set his face like a flint to go all the way to Jerusalem. He was born to die. I have a question for you tonight. Have you come to Christ? Have you knelt at the foot of the tree? Have you, have you realized what Jesus Christ has done for you? Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Think of the provision of Christ tonight. He's full of grace and truth. And therefore, what does that mean? That means Christ is the answer to every question. 
For every spiritual question that men have, there's an answer, and the answer is Christ. And for every spiritual quest that men have, how can I know God? The answer is Christ. We have to get that message to the Hindu. We have to get that message to the Roman Catholic. We have to get that message to the Muslim and to the Buddhist. We have to get it to the nominal Protestant. Christ is the answer to their every need. In fact, Christ is all they need. Remember the little equation that I gave you some time ago. Christ plus nothing equals everything. If you have Christ, you have everything. Acts 4 and 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You see, he's full of grace and truth. It's the truth of his person that comes to the fore. He's the God-man. It's the truth of his passion. He went away all the way to the cross and shed his blood. And through that blood shedding, um, uh, we could receive the knowledge of sins forgiven. Our sins can be cancelled out, carried away and covered over by the power of his precious blood. Uh, and he's all that we need. Because he's full of grace and truth. If he is all you need tonight, then do you know him? Have you received him? Can you say he's my Lord and he's my Saviour? Think of this meaning and just ask yourself, have I received this undeserved, unmerited favour from God, even though I'm a sinner who deserves wrath? Have I heard this message thinking of the words of Christ? Thinking of his ways and his works, how he treats people. Have I tasted of this measure? He's full of grace because of who he is and what he's done. May the Lord bless these few words to your heart. I, I trust they'll be help. I trust they'll be a benefit to you and to me as we think of a thought for through the week. Take that thought into your mind. Five words full of grace and truth.